CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Did Derek Chauvin get a fair trial? I say no, and I'm going to tell you why. And Ben Burkbaum got some wild video from down on the border. You won't believe what drug traffickers are doing now to get past the border patrol. And we have a new study about what Americans think of the mainstream media. It might surprise you how much people despise the mainstream media. All of that and more tonight on Dr. Gina Primetime. Good evening, I'm Dr. Gina, and welcome to Primetime. We start off tonight's show with a doctor's orders. I'm going to start tonight by saying something that I have not heard anywhere else in the media, which is what prompted me to tell you about it. I think Derek Chauvin should be a free man today and that justice was not served with the guilty verdict. And I am going to lay out for you exactly why right now. I couldn't believe my ears last night when watching the commentary from cable news hosts after Chauvin was found guilty in the murder of George Floyd. The media talking heads on the right and on the left suddenly started marching in lockstep. How easy to call a game after it's over, right? After the guilty verdict was announced, virtually everyone on cable news was jumping on the anti-Chauvin bandwagon as if they had been there all along. Each one proceeded to condemn Derek Chauvin, and then they went on to say that they knew he was guilty months ago from the moment they saw the horrible video kneeling on George Floyd. How easy. Did they forget about the weeks-long trial where new evidence was presented each and every single day? Did they not watch? Did they forget about the drugs that were found in George Floyd's system? Did they forget about the medical examiner's testimony that no bruising was found on George Floyd's neck? Did they forget that, in fact, camera angles showed that Chauvin's knee was never even on Floyd's neck, but rather on his shoulder blade? Never mind that Chauvin followed police training protocol to the letter? Did they forget that the mob found the home of one of Chauvin's witnesses and left a severed pig's head at the front door? Did they forget that the jury was not sequestered until the deliberations began? Did they forget about the mob waiting outside the courthouse that was influencing the jury the whole time? And did they forget about the incitement of that mob by Congresswoman Maxine Waters, Joe Biden himself, and all of the other race baiters who have been whipping up the crowd for weeks now. There was not a chance in the world that Chauvin would get a fair trial. Now, I held out hope that the judge would either declare a mistrial or that the jury would be hung and unable to reach a verdict. Now, let me be clear about something. I have no idea whether Derek Chauvin is guilty or not. He likely is guilty, and I wanna add that too. But the fact is, you and I, we will never know. The presence of mob outside the courthouse made it impossible for justice to actually be done. A fair trial could not be held in a situation in an atmosphere like that. 
And the fact that Chauvin did not and cannot get a fair trial is the reason why I say that he should be a free man. Just that. As I said, he may be guilty. He very much looked guilty from the video that was shown on the television thousands of times over the past several months. I, like all of you, watched that video, got very upset when I first saw it. But the bottom line is, none of us were ever able to consider the evidence, and that jury sure as heck was never able to consider the evidence thanks to the mob. There's a famous English saying that it is better that 10 guilty persons go free than that one innocent is wrongly convicted. Our, our founding fathers repeated that phrase throughout the establishment of our republic, and Benjamin Franklin took it further by saying that it is better a hundred guilty persons should escape than one innocent person, person should suffer. Did anyone believe that Derek Chauvin was thrown under the bus? That the left, uh, that it, since he has been, that the left will now be satisfied somehow? If you condemn Chauvin as a bad cop that deserves to rot in prison, do you think that the mob is going to stop coming for more scalps? Do you think the mob is going to stop coming for your scalp? 103 police officers have been killed in the line of duty this year. You can expect, because of this verdict, that number will double or worse. The murder rates in all Democrat socialist-controlled cities has skyrocketed since Joe Biden took office and set off on his race-baiting escapade. 26 were shot in Chicago, the city of Chicago, just this past weekend. The tradition that Obama started has continued to excel under Biden after massive drops under Donald Trump. You can expect those numbers to continue, and you can expect them to double now that we have this verdict. A little seven-year-old girl was killed in the McDonald's drive through this week. Expect that to happen again and again and again. Democrat socialists are demanding security now at a record pace for themselves. We've seen it as they built the wall around the Capitol, spent tons of your money uh, making sure that that wall is enhanced by security. They have spent lots of your money on security for their own travel to these riot areas, Maxine Water, Exhibit A, while defunding your security. What is your security, you might ask? Your security is your local police. And on top of that, they want to take your guns while they talk about feelings and they talk about race instead of talking about answers, instead of talking about things that were working under President Donald Trump. And I will submit to you that Maxine Waters and Joe Biden and the rest of their race-baiting ilk are proving that they don't care as they slither into their jets to preach more division, more hate, more critical race theory that will result in one thing, more death. Call them out in every way from every platform you can. Where is the protest for Ashley Babbitt? For Tony Tempa, a white man who had a quote-unquote knee on his neck for 15 minutes. Did you hear about that? For the 103 police officers who were already killed in the line of duty this year. For the nameless Trump supporters killed or their businesses destroyed or their jobs taken or their freedoms stolen or their liberties revoked because of the mob and the incitement of bigots like Maxine Waters, for the little girl killed in the McDonald's line, who is but a footnote in this whole pointless masquerade that the Democrat socialists are exacting on our beautiful America,
Where is that demonstration? Where is that protest? Where are those memorials? Answer that question, and then I'll tell you about the future of our republic. That is your doctor's orders for tonight. Coming up, we have all of the fallout from the Chauvin guilty verdict, and Ben Burkwong has been out on the border, hot on the trail of the coyotes and the drug traffickers, getting the video that you will see nowhere else. You're going to want to stay tuned. We have a big show in store for you. Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you. Stay with us. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Minneapolis didn't quiet down much after the guilty verdict was ready, as some of us predicted it would not. Our own Tracy Anthony is on the ground there near the courthouse where the Chauvin child was held. Uh, Tracy, what is the situation there? Just before the verdict, they were chanting, no justice, no peace. But after the verdict came out, the crowd was celebrating. And it's definitely the verdict that they were hoping for. So we were able to talk to a few members of the crowd. Here's what they had to say. Uh, it's good. It's nice to see uh, people come together in unity and love. And I think that uh, we have a unique opportunity now to cool tensions and, and, and have that unique coming together. I survived through the Rodney King situation. I was nine years old when that happened. And, you know, I remember not understanding what verdict meant at that time when everything went crazy and they were burning stuff. So today to know that justice really do, does prevail gives me a little hope that we're heading the right direction. It was mostly a time for celebration after the verdict was read. The crowd did move into the street and block some intersections, so it was mostly peaceful. However, there was still a little tension. At one point, an 18-wheeler tried to get through the intersection and was stormed by the mob of people. Even one person jumping on the hood of the 18-wheeler, but a few leaders standing up saying, we are here to celebrate, we are here for peace, and definitely de-escalated the situation. Now, this morning we went down to Cup Foods where George Floyd was killed and still a similar situation. A lot of people just remembering him today, but still a little tension, especially at the media. But we spoke with Pastor Russell and he definitely was de-escalating the situation there. So the city now really starting to clean up and still we have some boarded buildings and it will take some time. There is still a National Guard presence, but it was a peaceful overnight and we're hoping for peace moving forward. Back to you. Thank you so much, Tracy. All right, you heard my thoughts in the previous segment about how I believe that the mob made it impossible for justice to actually be done in the Chauvin trial. If the jury truly believed that he was guilty beyond a reasonable doubt, we will never know. Those are the facts because there was a mob gathered outside that threatened to destroy the city if a guilty verdict were not handed down. Our justice system simply does not work if the mob gets to decide Who's guilty? Here with me now to discuss, Bruce Lavelle. Bruce, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dr. G. 
No matter what you think about Derek Chauvin, you have to wonder how could a jury consider the evidence and come down to a fair conclusion, Bruce, beyond a reasonable doubt if there is a mob outside the courthouse led by a congresswoman and even Joe Biden, uh, you know, with them threatening violence, calling names, uh, leading the pack, saying that, uh, you know, if things don't go their way, this mob should react a certain way. Um, was there ever, Bruce, a chance for justice to prevail here? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Listen, putting on my civic business hat here for many years here in Atlanta, you know, I, I, I do know enough that and from the public safety's perspective, serving on a police board for three years and being over a transit authority, which encompassed the police department under me. So I did learn a lot. One thing I learned, especially on uh, situations like this, was uh, the venue, for example. I was perplexed to wonder why they would keep the venue nearby, obviously, where the crime happened. Not only that, the fact with the social media world and Maxine Waters, and as you said, the mob, how can you get a free, uh, a fair trial uh, in, in, a, in a climate like that? And listen, that's for all of us. This, this could be our cousin, our uncle, our dad, our mom, our brother, our sister. So this could happen to anyone. And so that right there in itself, I felt was totally uh, not just uh, the fact that uh, the social media world is the and the mob were pretty much going to intimidate the district attorney's office and this, the, the business community as well as the citizens in that area to really drive the narrative on what they wanted. And so this is a travesty, unfortunate. Mm -hmm. You know, listen, this is a travesty on all sides, Derek Chauvin's family, George Floyd's everybody. But everyone loses when there's not a clear, concise uh, path of justice in terms of everything to avoid the appearance of impropriety, as you saw the mobs and et cetera, moving the venue, you know, encapsulating the jurors off of the media to, to cut them out of all the rhetoric that's going on so it wouldn't be judgmental or prejudicial in these particular proceedings. So, I mean, Dr. G, the list just goes on and on. It really does. Imagine, Bruce, fighting for your life as a defendant and having a mob gather outside who's already yeah. decided you're guilty. And we better hope we don't end up in the same spot as Derek Chauvin. Yep. And those, in these days, the way My that the point. left is criminalizing conservative thought, I think it's not beyond the realm of possibility that anyone could end up on the wrong side of the mob. But the thing that I don't think the mob understands, and especially minority groups, is that once you have a tyrannical government, which is exactly mm -hmm. what the socialist left is fighting for, the ones yep. who always, always, end up on the short end of that stick in the end are minorities. We've seen it over and over again in history, but I don't think they get that, do they? Yeah, let's dive in a little deeper. For example, you know, the I call it the tragedy of our election process in 2020, when we found out, especially uh, a person like Mark Zuckerberg and Soros and a lot of special interest groups were literally funding campaigns for district attorneys, Dr. G not to mention city council, really grassroots, you know, per se, elected officials that they were trying to steer who they wanted. And I was wondering, like, why in the world you're, you're going after a national campaign and a targeting district attorneys? This is probably one of the reasons, of many reasons, as you said, of part of their narrative and their, uh, should I say, ploy to put these particular people in place so they can, quote, control what they want to control. And this is dangerous okay. for our great republic. And listen, 
like I told some of my Democrat friends, I said, listen, this could be you. This could be you if you were caught up in a situation where random ballots were thrown in a mailbox without any proper chain of custody. This could be you where you took a third party group to fund over, should I say, 400 plus million dollars in most of the key battleground states to prioritize where mailboxes or mail-in ba ballot boxes were placed and you having a say-so on that. The list goes on. And, and this, like I said, this could be you, this could be me. So this is a travesty in our in our nation to you know look out the window and you're a district attorney and judge and you're saying well hurry up guys we got to do something they're gonna they're gonna get us they're gonna get us and and it's it's so unfair across the board so that's what I see Dr G. It's as if they can't look down the road, Bruce, because anyone who thought that a guilty verdict was going to be the the final you know moment where we end all race riots in the street was smoking dope, as my, as, my, as my kids will say. Bruce, a guilty verdict was not enough for them, and that was confirmed last yeah. night by Kamala Harris um, when she said this. Listen. Today, we feel a sigh of relief. Still, it cannot take away the pain. A measure of justice isn't the same as equal justice. This verdict brings us a step closer and the fact is, we still have work to do. By Don't, work. Can I go? <laughs> yeah, go. Is this the same person that laughed on the largest black radio station about uh, locking up black men and smoking marijuana? Is this the person that refuses to go down to the southern border of Texas, where I'm from, where my friends and family members live, uh, where our borders are being flooded, and you refuse to just step one second to see what's going on? And you want to talk about public safety and you want to now all of a sudden splash in and have a speech based on uh, reconciliation. Really, Dr. G? You know, I do think that some on the right are short sighted and they tend to just. Um, I don't want to say cower, but they tend right. to defer. They tend to get way too deferential. And they think if, if Derek Chauvin is just handed over to the mob, all right, it's a casualty of war kind of yeah. a thing, uh, that the mob will just disperse, and, uh, but, it, but it won't. Because, and we know that because of scenes like this one on the screen right now. And, and we continue to see this. And we know that there's going to be another one tomorrow and another one the next day. And Bruce, the mob has now set its sights on uh, another police officer who shot a young woman while responding yep. to a 9-11 call. The officer with the Columbo, Columbus, Ohio Police Department shot and killed a 16-year-old, uh, Makia Bryant, as she was attempting to stab another woman. I want you to watch this. Lives saved by police officers just don't count. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because um, they were very, if you notice the, uh, the local officials, they were quick to release the, the uh, body cam very, very quick. And, and you know, I'm, I'm a little torn on that. And I say that because 
I think it, there needs to be time to go out and interview all the witnesses, interview everyone on the block, every officer, take all the statements, do a collaborative uh, effort to bring all the evidence in and then bring out that. Because what happens when you're so quick to release everything, you see how uh, prejudicial it is in terms of what media outlets are picking it up, what's not picking up. But, but, but check this out. If you notice in the video, and they, they keep saying 16-year-old. Uh, and the other thing that really bugs me as a black American in the South, I hate the fact that when they go on, white cop shoots black woman, you know, or, you know, white cop shoots black man. You know, that's the headline. You know, when we just had three murders here in the last week here in Atlanta with black cops shooting people, you know. So, my you know, my point is it really drives me crazy because it does create so much that divisive talk puts another wedge in cultural reconciliation amongst all of us. And, and, and Dr. G, if you just Google that right there, all the top headlines from mainstream medias have that white officer shoots black, white, you know, it's always shaped that way and trying to create the narrative to where it's a, a, it's a racial divide in our country when they're driving the actual narrative or trying to control the narrative, which is about the other thing too, that if you video, if you notice, you know, that was a very large 16-year-old, if I'm not mistaken. Respectfully, I'm not trying to, you know, talk about one's weight. But when you look at that video and the way the knife was in the hand, that, that's a very large person. And, you know, and they, you could very well see the, the object in their instrument in their hand, the knife, ready to stab that person. So, you know, this is another time where I've always said this, was we've been dealing with this for over a year, these particular conversations, is, you know, we put people on the moon. You know, we put, we have, all, we have pepper spray. We have all types of of ways to combat, you know, uh, an assailant to, to subdue them or her or whoever, and we can have a conversation to put more technology in this type of situation. You, you know, one, you know, listen, we, there's so much we can talk about that relates to being proactively to help, you know, our community versus being reactive and trying to create a racial division to put more, should I say, gasoline on the fire based on the narrative of the left. Absolutely. Bruce LaBelle, thank you for your insight on this topic. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right, coming up, Ben Burkwam has video from the border that you will never see anywhere else. You won't believe what the coyotes and the drug traffickers are doing to avoid the Border Patrol. Ben got it on video, and we're going to show you exclusively next. We're Dr. Gina Primetime. Coming up, stick around. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. It's another day of the Biden administration, so it's another day of the Biden border crisis. And here with me now, Ben Burkwam, our own Biden border crisis expert. Ben, great to see you. Ben, you, I understand you have some great new video, very exclusive from the border, stuff that nobody else is talking about in media. Would you tell us about it? 
I do, Dr. Gina. Uh, you know, I travel all over the border, been from California, every, every single state, border state. By the way, every state is a border state. Everyone's impacted by it. And every yes. time I go out, I see something new. But uh, what I saw in a little town called Naco, Arizona, you may as well call it Narco, Arizona, just it blew, it blew me away. I mean, it made me want to laugh, but it's just, uh, I, you know, you just have to see it. You just have to see it. Uh, okay. Check this place out right here. Actually, I want to give you a shot of it. You're going to notice that little right behind me off my left shoulder, that little structure right there. That is a four story tall narco house. That's where the coyotes are stationed. And come check this out. I mean, this is crazy. Border Patrol told me this when they built this new 30 foot high wall right here. So we got the 18 footer on this side and that that building right here, big old compound used to be uh, two stories. Now it's four stories. This is where they, they stage people. You can see where they've cut down that Constantina wire and they bring people across. They wait for shift change till border patrol moves. But this is, I just asked him, he said, yeah, that's a, that's a straight up narco house right there. And he said, once they built this new wall, they just started adding floors on to that building. So you can see it there. I'm gonna do a little shot through the fence there. This is cartel narco trafficking right here. These guys are making money on every single person that comes across, whether it's drug trafficking or sex trafficking. Right here, check this out. Let me zoom in. Straight up narco house. Right there. That is put there by the cartels to be able to traffic into America. When the left says they're for open borders, all they're for is more of that. More cartel traffic, more drug trafficking, more human trafficking. Let me walk you right over here. How close, just show you how close this Naco community is. Everybody who lives over here, their life is put in danger. I spoke to one resident here, Jerry. He was actually a police officer and a firefighter. Before this wall and the original wall was put into place in the 90s, it was constant traffic, illegals coming across. And then after the wall was put up, basically stopped. The left doesn't want you to know that. They don't want you to know the truth. That's why we're here reporting. So Ben, explain to us, you, you're throwing around this term narco, and for those of us who don't know coyote lingo, <laughs> uh, help us out with that. I, I'm getting the general gist of it, but just go ahead and give us a straight up def. It's so it's basically a narcotics. Uh, it's a slang for narcotics, but it's uh, the cartels. They are narco organizations. They're drug trafficking organizations. This is one of their facilities. So uh, it, it covers all. You know, it's uh, I call it a narco house. It's a cartel house. Uh, it's where they hold. They uh, have people waiting to to climb the wall with drugs. It's where they have people waiting to climb the wall because they've paid them to do it. Uh, it's where the activity for the cartels operates and they're all over the border. I've just never seen one that brazen. When I walked up to it, I, I, you know, I looked up and I'm like, come on, come on. I mean, really, and I w walked over, there's a border patrol agent stationed right there. And I said, how often are you guys get in traffic here? And he said, if I'm not here, if we're not here, it's, it's just continuous. He said, as long as we stay here, uh, they, they don't come over, you know? And so, they, but I asked him, I was like, is it, so is that a, that's a narco house, right? He's like, oh, absolutely. It's a coyote. I mean, they watch us uh, from the fourth story of that building 
like I said in the video, he, he said that they, they was started out as a two-story house and they continued to build to be able to see over the new fence. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous, uh, but it's just part of what we're seeing down there. It's, it's out of control and it's incentivized. I even asked him, I said, what does the Mexican government do? Uh, you know, we know these guys are trafficking drugs, trafficking people, and he said nothing. They do absolutely nothing. Uh, so it's, you know, it's just one more thing, one more example. Uh, and But wow. again, it kind of goes to the point, though. Little tiny community out in the middle of nowhere. I drove down there and I see this and I keep wondering, where's the mainstream media? Where are they telling the truth to the American people? All of these stories are out there. They're ripe for the telling. All you have to go do is uh, be interested enough to go find them. And unfortunately, it just appears that they aren't. They don't want to tell the stories because if they had to tell the stories, they, they'd have to tell the truth or lie. Uh, and the American people would know. And this is, you know, this is just one more of many examples. And so, um, what do you have something else? I think you have another video that you wanted to introduce to us. Yeah, so it goes back to the people that live there. Uh, I was actually, the reason I was in Arizona this weekend was I was invited. I, all the work that we're doing down there in Aravaca and Nogales and some of these other uh, Southern Arizona communities, there is a local legal immigrant named Yoli she reached out to me and said, Ben, I love what you're doing. Uh, I'm a local legal immigrant and we're sick of this. We are tired of this open borders policies. We're tired of the Democrats using us, uh, pretending that they care about immigrant communities when we're the ones being affected by this. And I wanna do something about it. And so she actually invited me. She said, I'm, I'm organizing a, uh, an illegal immigrant rally down to the border. And we ended up going to Aravaca and Nogales, uh, took American flags out there, went down, spoke to people on the ground. Uh, but this is what she had to say. Our work here is to bring the truth and to get this border secure for our people, our children and all the children that are left behind in all their countries. We can't just forget about them. It's a bigger issue than just at the border. So I'm hoping you guys can help support our cause. And thank you so much, Ben, for being here. And, I appreciate it. And you're a legal immigrant. Yes, family, I am. Family came over. Talk to me about that, the difference. So the... The left wants to paint everybody who's against open borders as anti-immigrant, uh, which is, it can't be further from the truth. Again, for those of you who know me, I'm married to a legal immigrant, escaped communism to come here, a family did. Uh, we support legal immigration. We just don't support invasions, illegal immigration. Talk to me about that as a legal immigrant. Well, as a legal immigrant, I just, I'm proud to be an immigrant of this country. I respect the laws of this land and I feel that people are coming over just like we would our neighbor, we wouldn't just walk in their house, we would knock on the door and we would be welcomed in. And all who wanna come here and respect that, right? And so Ben, what do you gather from this as, as things are now? I mean, when you sum it up, you've been watching this since Joe Biden walked in and sat down in the Oval Office. What are you seeing if you have to surmise the whole thing? Well, it's only getting worse down there, uh, but the people that are living it are seeing it. And I think we're gonna start to see a major shift in, in demographics, voting demographics, especially in, in, along the border. Uh, the, and that's clearly why it, it appears that the left is, is trying to pivot. I mean, that's why we see it's wall to wall, uh, nothing but BLM and all these other things trying to change the subject. Uh, the fact that Kamala Harris still has not gone down there, it just shows they don't wanna deal with the issue and they don't have a solution for the issue. So until they actually do something about it, this problem is only gonna get worse, but you're gonna get more Yolis. You're gonna get more people along the border and across America as we continue to report the truth that are saying, nope, I'm done, this is, we've had enough. Uh, and hopefully that, that you know, changes the policies.
But Ben, it looks to me like, uh, as you know, as, as I flip around, as I tend to do, as president of programming, it's sort of my job to watch what all the other news networks are doing. I'm not seeing coverage of the border right now on other networks. They have shifted entirely over to all the racial stuff, all the, the trial stuff, you know, everything about defunding the police and what we're going to do in schools to teach more racial sensitivity. These are the issues they're discussing now, Ben. They've, they're off of the border as if the border just floated away, didn't happen. Uh, and if that remains the case, Ben, it really doesn't matter what's happening there because we're not going to be informed about it. The suffering will continue. The dying will continue. The drugs will continue to come across. All of the same things that you've been reporting will remain, but the American people won't know it. And so then what? Well, that's it. And that we're used to that. That's why our, our network exists is because the, the fraudulent propaganda media wasn't, they're derelict in their duty. And it happens like this all the time. It's always pivot to whatever story they think is going to help their political cause. Uh, that's it's BLM now. It's attack the police. It's all of these things. It's it's tear down, uh, you know, American civilization. It's it's tear down the family. It's all of these things. It's all tied together. It's COVID. It's how do we distract to stay in control? The problem, right. what we have to do, what our network and what the people of America have to do is say no. We demand yeah. that this information get out there. We're done with your narrative. That's right. uh, just like the BLM garbage. We're done with the oppression Olympics that are going on in yep. America. Uh, we're going to take this country back. Yeah. Hard break, Ben. We've got to go. But thank you so much for all you're doing. As always, come back soon. Thank you. Coming up, we give you news you will hear nowhere else. And we'll show you how the news media has been pushing us into war around the world for decades while pretending to be anti-war. That's next. More Dr. Gina Primetime. Coming up. Stay with us. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. All right, it is time for some news that you did not know. And for this, we bring in our own Jessica Rivera. She is at our RAV World Headquarters in Denver, Colorado. Jessica, great to see you. What do you have for us today? Great to see you, Dr. Gina. Well, with the guilty verdict of former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin in the death of George Floyd yesterday, we hear so much about how minorities, specifically blacks, are shot and killed by police more than Hispanics or whites. But what do the statistics actually say? Well, according to the Washington Post, police shooting stats from January 2015 to March 2021, statistics actually show a large number of whites were shot and killed by police. Of course, we could break that down in many ways by population, but the reality remains the narrative that whites are not shot and killed by police or it's rare that it happens is a lie. The only reason people actually believe otherwise is because the mainstream media pushes this lie. And when whites are shot and killed by police, it hardly makes the news, let alone headlines. So Dr. Gina, former Tucson police officer, co-founder of Blexit and founder and CEO of OfficerTatum.com, Brandon Tatum, 
He recently mentioned that black leaders and those in power want blacks to get angry and go out to riot and fight against the police so they will get shot, maimed, or killed because those in power need that unrest in order to keep their power on this narrative. And they really, more than anything, need it to make the money off the massive payouts that soon follow. And Dr. Gina, I wholeheartedly agree because if that weren't the truth, then Americans, also known as human beings, would be fighting for justice for everyone against bad police officers. That would be the narrative, not just because they are black or brown. Wow, that is so disturbing, and, and you're absolutely right about this. I mean, we know about the millions that the BLM, uh, the heads of the BLM are making. Uh, we know about the millions of dollars they've spent on homes. We also know about the millions and millions of dollars in payouts that uh, these people are winning in civil suits. And uh, so it makes sense probably into the billions by now. And a lot of that probably ends up back in the coffers of folks like Jesse Jackson and Maxine Waters. So this is all coming together to make a whole lot of sense as to a vested interest, almost a business interest, sickeningly, in perpetuating the deaths of black people. Uh, it, it, it's, it's one of the most sickening thoughts I've ever had in my life, right here on this show. And Jessica, you always uncover these kinds of uh, links, and thank you for bringing this to our attention. We need to make a lot of noise about this. Of course, Dr. Gina, and just being Hispanic and growing up where I grew up, um, I know from firsthand knowledge that that's what really changed my mind from being a Democrat to a conservative is because I realized that a lot of these leaders get into position with really the best of intentions, but ultimately they end up realizing that money is more important than their actual drive, and so they will sell out their own people. And so it's very simple, it's sad, but that's the reality of things and people need to be aware of that. There has to be a reason, Jessica, why every single Democrat-controlled city for decades is completely blighted and all of the minority families break down and suffer for generations. And there has to be a reason why you look at politician after politician from Barack Obama to Joe Biden and all the rest of them when they've never done a thing in the private sector and yet they're all millionaires. How? How? When they've been paid by taxpayers their whole entire life. Makes no sense. Where does that money come from? You have to ask yourself that question. There you have it. Sad, sad, sickening, devastating. And we've got to shout it from the rooftops. It's time to put a stop to this. It, 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 making money off of the lives of minority people in blighted communities is the most sickening thing I've ever heard. Jessica, thank you so much. You're welcome, Dr. Gina. All right, have you ever noticed that the mainstream media pretends to be anti-war, but then they end up pushing America into endless wars across the globe? I saw a great article on that today by my friend Ryan Gerdeski. It's called From Iraq to Russian Bounties, media's long habit of siding with intel community and war. And Ryan Gerdeski joins us now. Ryan, great to see you. Thanks, Dr. Gina. Thanks for having me on. Ryan, the media really does end up pushing us into war and sometimes endless wars. I think we learned a lot through the Trump presidency. It's one of these things that I think we used to think Republicans, uh, pro-war, uh, you know, libertarians, anti-war, Democrats, I don't know what they were, but they seem to always get us into war, too. Um, but Donald Trump really taught us that there's a, a lot more sophisticated uh, elite money 
behind this. Um, and I think it really comes down to money, as, as you and I have said many times through our own commentary together on other networks and then now um, in my interviews with you. Um, what is the money trail here? Do media organizations make money from wars or at least from ratings or from other sources? Well, I don't know if it's, I mean, certainly the military industrial complex, complex makes money from wars and certainly the intel community would have a um, would have a reason to sit there and, and promote wars or military intervention I think when it comes down to the media though I think it's just general generally they believe in global interventions and that they believe that they could change American society and the world in their own image if given enough money, time, resources, and American blood. Um, and we saw this dating back to 2003. A lot of people kind of forget that George, George W. Bush had the backing of the New York Times when he went to Iraq, MSNBC, um, CNBC. He had the backing of the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, the Atlantic. All these very left-wing organizations and moderate organizations had very strong editorials uh, supporting the Iraq war. Um, in 2011, Barack Obama was against, at first against going into Libya to overthrow Gaddafi. You had the Washington Post and the New York Times saying that it was a responsibility of America to overthrow Gaddafi and that Barack Obama was incredibly wrong um, and people would die because of Barack Obama's action of not overthrowing Gaddafi. And now a decade later, um, Libya is a failed state. They have slavery. They have terrorism. They have things that Gaddafi would have never allowed in his own country. Um, and, and most recent with Donald Trump and his push to get out of Afghanistan. The story that the New York Times promoted from the intel community, an anonymous source of the intel community, that um, the Russians were pushing bounties on Americans' head. It was repeated ad nauseum throughout the 2020 campaign. Joe Biden regularly used it, saying that Donald Trump was a, was a, uh, was a puppet of Putin, and this is another example of how he doesn't care about Americans. And it was definitely used to sit there and keep Trump from actually pushing troops out of Afghanistan sooner. Um, in the end, though, um, the entire story was, was false. And, and this has been a narrative set for many, many, many years. It's not just a Trump thing. It is a media thing where the media has a complex where they promote war. And so when it comes right down to the root of it, though, I mean, I, I like to get down to motives, Ryan, because I think if we can understand motives, then we can really get to the heart of the issue and begin to understand why people are doing things and therefore um, reject or accept uh, their premise. And so, so what are the motives at play here? I think in general, these people are just globalists. I think this is their general worldview. It's hard to understand the mindset of people who make the same mistakes over and over and over again. We know these kinds of people in our own personal lives, and we're like, why, if you're an alcoholic, why do you keep drinking for? Why are you making this mistake again? Um, and the, the media is hungry for for pro for for America, the you know the hero of the world, to come and swoop in and save the day everywhere and commit American sons and daughters, not their own, usually to conflicts around the entire globe. And I think that that is I think I think it's generally a, a position that they have in their head that they believe that the, the society of the world can be remade and is responsibility United States to remake them. My bigger problem is is that they are never held accountable after these wars go miserable. Almost every single proponent of the Iraq war back in 2003, no one lost their job from it. They either retired in the job that they had or they got promotions and they got to run their own news organizations or become part of the government. And this is the bigger problem is that there's never any accountability by the media for their own people who promote wars endlessly. Brian, I want to ask you about a new study on uh, America's view of mainstream media. It shows that people just want the facts. A whopping 67% said, please 
just tell us the facts. Um, it's very interesting to me because it's one of the things we tried really hard to do here at Real America's Voice. We uh, partnered, as you know, with Just the News, John Solomon, and uh, we try to delineate, you know, this is an opinion show. Dr. Gina Primetime is an opinion show. We have other opinion shows, usually in the evening. During the day, we try to stick primarily to news, um, but we try to make it clear when we're giving opinion. Other news outlets, especially some of our more traditional news outlets, Alphabet Soup, types of media, um, they'll just go ahead and present opinion as news facts. Um, but they act shocked, and it took a poll <laughs> to tell people that um, what the news consumer wants is facts. 67% want to know. They just want the news. And if you aren't giving them news, if you're giving them opinion, they'd like to know that. Did it take a poll for us to figure this out? No, I think that, I mean, and it's it's very different for Republicans, Democrats, Independents. Independents and Republicans are much more skeptical about media sources than Democrats are because it usually, um, you know, relitigates their already preconceived opinion of the world. Uh, I think that, I think the problem is not when you have opinion shows, there's always been opinion shows. I think the bigger problem is when the opinion shows are not even giving you facts. I mean, you had CNN's Don Lemon specifically say that Georgia's recent voter ID bill was created completely to stop black people from voting. That is categorically false. Um, those shows had, had commenters on who, who mentioned, who compared it to Jim Crow. The president of the United States compared it to Jim Crow. That is not even remotely the same thing. It's, it's, it's not even comparable. They're on the same universe. Um, but this is used uh, for demagoguery. I think the saddest thing is I think that if there was a show that literally just sat there and read off, you know, AMES statistics and facts and breaking news stories, the American public wouldn't even recognize it because they're so uh, not used to getting straight facts by any news source. ...of Democrats during the Trump era said that they trusted the media compared with 47% of Republicans. Um, Gallup also said that trust went up d for Democrats um, now um, and uh, for Democrats up to 73%. So from 47%, I'm sorry, from 53% to 73% for Democrats from Trump to Biden. But for Republicans, trust in the uh, to, of media went from 47% down to 10% since the Trump era. Does that surprise you? No, I mean, they were running stories that Trump liked two scoops of ice cream and everyone else got one. I mean, they ran, they, CNN, the New York Times, MSNBC, these public, the Washington Post made a fortune off of, you know, look at the evil orange man and how he's doing bad things to your country. Um, and everything was a constant state of, under the Trump presidency, if you just read those mainstream media outlets, everything was constantly in a state of disarray. I mean, America was seconds from, from collapsing. We had a fascist overtake. I mean, everything that could possibly go wrong, that he was a puppet of Vladimir Putin, all of these claims that they use, and they use constantly, a lot of times on false narrative or semi-truthful narratives that they built into a narrative about him. Um, to create to create something to keep them coming day in and day out. That's why uh, you know there was a study done about uh, foreign countries' views of COVID versus Americans. And Bill Maher talked about it in his show that overwhelmingly American news coverage of COVID is is negative. And if you look at foreign countries, it's more mixed. Um, we don't have a, a media in this country that's willing to do something besides you know if it bleeds it leads on every single on every single issue from COVID to the presidencies. Uh, of Trump to to uh, to race relations now. 
All right, Ryan. Well, I am so glad you are here for this part of the show because we do this at the end of every show. It is time for our meme of the day. Ryan, this is a meme for you because we are all open up here in Florida, but you have to feel like Bill Murray in Groundhog Day. It's another year, and your governor still acts like it's 2020. <laughs> are you are you ready to move to Florida yet, Ryan? <laughs> I'm not looking to move to Florida yet, but let me tell you, it gets more and more appealing every single day uh, <laughs> because, I mean, I was down there a few weeks ago, and it is a different world down there. And I brought my New York friends who haven't traveled because I've been traveling a lot in the last year, and they were shell-shocked. They were like, wait a second, people are playing sports outside? It was definitely a, a, a different worldview, and, uh, and it's, a nice, it's a nice world, and I hope it comes back to New York really soon. Well, I have to tell you, I was just as shell-shocked when I went to New York, and you couldn't even find a place to eat lunch. It's crazy. Anyway, Ryan Gerdusky, we always appreciate you being here. You are such a renaissance man when I think about it. You are running campaigns, you are a journalist, and you are the funniest person I've ever known. You are a comedic <laughs> writer, and, and uh, you're not, you don't even have time for that anymore. It's crazy. Ryan, thank I you know. so much for being with us. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for joining me here every day. And thank you to everyone here at your new home for Real News. RAV TV, Real America's Voice, live from Studio 6B, up next with Damon and the crew. I promise you'll laugh, hug your children, love your God, go boldly now, and live the truth.